listening to the Do Shit, Get Shit Done podcast with Lee Bridges, your regular accountability buddy and kick up the butt. So get ready to get shit done. Well, hello there. Welcome back to episode 23 of the Do Shit, Get Shit Done podcast with me, Lee Bridges. Hope you're having a wonderful day. And just in case you wondered, this is the sound it makes when I scratch my face double really close to the mic. Don't know if you could hear that. Anyway, today, my darling, I want to talk to you about your circle, the people that you surround yourself with. They influence you far more than you might think. And don't worry, I know you think I'm going to be like, you are who you hang around with, blah, 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 blah. But you know that already, so I don't need to tell you again. Instead, today, I want you to focus on just three specific types of peoples. Beginning with the hater and the cynic, two very different kinds of people. One is good for you, the other not so much. I guess most of you will be thinking, but WTF, surely they're both bad for me. But I say not necessarily. Let's talk about haters first. You know the ones. Literally crapping on everyone else's parade, full of hate and spewing it about everyone else whenever they can. Gossipers, liars, jealous Mardi do ones. Let me tell you though, you need haters, no matter how lame they are. But why would you need haters? Because surely having haters sucks pounder balls. Well, If you've got people hating on what you're doing and reacting negatively with shitty remarks, snide comments and jealous sniggers, then all it means is that you're actually doing something worthy enough of someone else talking about you and wasting their precious time doing so. A really good way to judge if you're on the right path is to think about whether people have started to talk shit about you or not. Hopefully they have. Let them. Enjoy the fact that they're talking about you and don't waste your energy on them. Let them be your free marketing. I've got loads of people hating on me now and I love it. The other thing to mention is that when you break out of your old life and into your new life, these annoying but handy buttholes will start coming out of the woodwork and they will try to fuck your shit up. Do not let them. Do not let them take you away from your mission or your goal because that's how they win and that's how you lose momentum. So to summarise, you need haters. So what about cynics? And what's the difference between a hater and a cynic? Well, cynics are harder to deal with, much harder to deal with. Cynics are more often than not always family members, friends and close acquaintances. Ultimately, people that love you and want the best for you. They have all the advice for you based off of mostly bad advice that they were given by the cynics in their lives. It's a horrible cycle that you have to break out of and then start... Oh God, I said that terribly, didn't I? It's a horrible cycle that you have to break out of and then start another cycle that actually works. The biggest problem with the cynic you know is that their sway is monumental. And for a few reasons. You respect them. You love them, you care about what they think, you'll have to hear about it if you don't do what they want you to, and they can make you feel guilty. Think of it like this, if some random person comes up to you in the street, let's call them Morris Sippy Cup, and asks you to quit your job because it was upsetting them that you weren't spending enough time at home with your family, then chances are the most action that you would take, other than telling them to piss off and mind their own business, would be to think about what they had said and either agree or disagree. If you agree with them, there is a very, very, very small chance that would snowball into you actually quitting your job. If your mum or partner or nan or best friend, however, drops you the same home truth as Monsieur Sippy Cup, then it's much more likely that you'll actually consider making the change. And at the very least, you'll think about it more. Fact is, you were given the same information about the exact same issue, but one has so much more gravity. I mean, it's one thing having slightly different opinions on politics or diets or whatever comes up in day-to-day conversation, but it is an entirely different thing going against the grain and telling your network that you're changing your life. It's not that they don't want to support you or that they don't care, quite the opposite, but they won't understand because they haven't experienced the huge changes that you're about to make or are currently making. 
So, haters we need, cynics we don't. But don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to cut ties with your friends and family, but you do have to understand that there's another type of human that we definitely do need to make time for. The cheerleader. And the more cheerleaders you have, the easier this transition is. But more on them in a mo. You also have to remember that to start living this amazing new life, you're going to end up with new friends and acquaintances and people to spend your time with. Remember, do what you've always done, get what you've always got. A massive huge bonus of this is that when you start moving forward, everyone else will want to follow. Remember to be the wave and not the surfer. But this definitely doesn't mean ignoring your current network or being a dick to everyone that you care about. But as I said before, you have to make change to accommodate change. And this might mean taking a step back from your close group, at the very least just to reassess. Cynics get all of our emotions going. In the same way a child can manipulate a parent to get something they want just by being relentlessly persistent, a parent can tug on your heartstrings and use guilt or pressure to make you feel a certain way and ultimately change your path of actions or make your home life so unbearable that you can't think straight or bully you into seeing or doing things their way. You have to make sure that you're prepared for this because it will happen, trust me. And if it's not your parent or family member, it'll be your friend or work colleague. It will be someone and they will try and push their beliefs on you because that's what they know. It's often all they know. So remember, the hater will do you well, the cynic will not. So how do we get rid of our cynics if they're the people that we frequently spend time with, care for, and can't help but listen to? Well, the way that I did it was to begin to back up my whacked out ideas before I released them to the world. Do the work first and then prove the result. For example, let's say you want to take out a loan to further your career. Then you do it and then you make it work before asking for approval. So instead of, I'm thinking of taking a loan out, mum and dad, you say, I took a loan out and used it for XYZ and now my business is flourishing or similar without that voice. The difference in response here is immeasurable. I've been on the other side way too many times as well. I've started things with the best intentions, got gassed up, got everybody else gassed up, then lost interest when the hard work began and then felt stupid and lame when I had nothing to show. But it's all about showing and not telling. The cynics you know in your life often genuinely want what's best for you, but have no idea what's actually best for you. You get me? Proving yourself is the way to remedy this. One prominent fact that I've noticed about the super successful is that it takes mammoth amounts of courage to move out of mediocrity. If you want to have a super successful marriage, you have to be courageous all of the time. The initial date, meeting their friends and family, the proposal, the decision to have kids, raising kids. You've been super courageous and in turn super successful. Same thing with a job or uni or anything new that you want to do. You've got to fix up, jump in and get cracking, otherwise it doesn't happen. So why, if you can be super courageous with stuff like that, is it so hard to be courageous with yourself and your own, own huge goals? And this is where courage comes in. Courage is different from stupidity, but often it looks the same to the 99%. However, it looks completely different when you're in the know. I can spot it a mile off now. But that's not the important part here, the 99% bit is. The reason most of your immediate network don't understand when you start taking risks and being courageous is that to them it just looks dumb. And when something looks dumb, most people won't give it the time of day. So even when you do try and explain what you're trying to do, you'll end up falling on deaf ears. They aren't hearing what you're saying. They're making a judgment based off of their own experience of staying in the 99%. We don't want that. Then they make you feel bad. Or even worse, they make you question yourself. And then the anxiety kicks in. Your confidence goes south and you either give up or attempt the thing anyway, but with reduced levels of certainty, which will always end up in failure, limited results and or take extra time and energy. 
but we have to be certain or as near as damn it to have the balls or tits to make a huge decision like taking your first loan out for a personal venture or asking someone out on a date or fighting a phobia that you've had since a kid or not getting a vaccine when everybody else is. Imagine Mike Tyson going into the world championship fight and the cornerman says, Mike, dude, I can't see you winning this fight, mate. I think you're going to lose. I mean, damn, look at the other guy. His arms look like tree trunks and he's got that like, I'm going to kill you vibe that you just don't have. Maybe you should just give up now. Just forfeit, mate. I reckon forfeit. Let's bail. This alone may not be enough for Mike Tyson to doubt himself and in a lot of cases may even make Mike more driven to succeed. But now picture this. It's not just the cornerman spattering those negatives, but instead the whole crowd starts chanting, Tyson's weak, Tyson's weak, or something like that. Now it is a lot harder for Mike to ignore this. But now imagine the limo driver on the way here was telling Mike the same thing. And in between sentences, the guy on the radio was saying the same thing. You're Mike Tyson. Well, you have the opportunity to be and your network is the crowd and the referee and the corner man and everybody else. Think about what you'd be wanting them to say. Now we need to talk about cheerleaders. Imagine that every time you woke up in the morning feeling groggy and like you just want to hit snooze, that someone was there just giving you a little nudge, cheeky little nudge, in a really soothing but affirmative voice. Kind of like your mum or nan or that chick from Sister Act. Come on, baby. You got this. Let's get up and start the day off right. Or something like that. It would be so much easier to get up. There is tremendous power in telling yourself what to do and how to do it. Think about when you need to pull yourself together after something bad's happened or you're feeling down and one of your mates says, come on mate, you got this. It helps, right? This is entirely why you get more from a personal trainer than just trusting yourself at the gym. These amazing people are cheerleaders and they are imperative to your growth and to your new life. Weirdly enough, the best cheerleaders are the cynics that you know, but not why they're being cynical. We all need cheerleaders and positive surroundings to push us and keep us on track, even when our doubt monkey comes into play because that's what I'm calling it now, the doubt monkey. With this in mind, you need to stay as far away from negative situations and people as possible. You want to be a shit-hot football player? There's a point when you're going to need to hang around with other shit-hot football players. Same goes for anything. You want to be an exceptional mechanic? You've got to start hanging around with other exceptional mechanics. Same goes for musicians, artists, parents, dog owners, business people, swimmers, engineers, physicists, nurses, and everything else. Do not be the big fish in a small pond. You won't learn shit and you'll be the first one that dies when the water goes bad. The awesome thing nowadays is that you don't even have to be in the same room as your cheerleaders just to be surrounded by them. You can literally sit in front of your computer or phone with a hard line direct to some of the most amazing people alive in the world right now. You can even get video meetings with some of them or mail them for advice or buy their books or watch their seminars or listen to their podcasts or stalk them and accidentally turn up at their favourite restaurants. That, what? You know the difference between success and failure. The successful kept going every time they failed. It's that simple. If the boxer keeps getting up, no matter how many haymakers to the face, they will win the fight as long as they get up one more time than the opposition. It only often takes that one more time, but the kick in the winky here is that you never know that it was that just one more time until you've done the one more time and then can reflect back and realise that it indeed was the one more time. More often than not, it's the help from the cheerleader that will push you that extra little bit. Ever had a personal trainer? For those of you that know exactly what I'm talking about, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. They get more out of you. So does a great teacher, a great parent, a great friend or a great lover. A great way to prove this to yourself, if you don't believe me, is to cheerlead someone else. Just try it. 
Next time you experience someone that is about to give up on whatever it is they're about to give up on, no matter how small, see if that you can convince them to carry on. A great example of this would be something really blasé and mundane like the washing up or taking the bins out or making some toast or popping to the shop. Next time you see your nearest and dearest umming and ahhing about doing a little job, try and pep them into doing it. Make sure that you do this meaningfully and not sarcastically though. Baby steps, remember? Look, you can only get so far on your own. I'm going to say that again because it's so important. You can only get so far on your own. You need cheerleaders and you need to cheerlead. Did you know that the majority of small startup businesses fold in the first year because the director, aka the only person working in the company, will not expand or pass jobs on to others? You can't do shit on your own in this life. It takes your network as well. And the bigger your network, the higher your likelihood for success. Cheerlead others and surround yourself with people that cheer for you. And if you can't find enough of them IRL, then stick them in your ears and in front of your face via the internet, documentaries, seminars, YouTube, Instagram, podcasts, or whatever else. What do you do when your friend or partner or kid or parent is upset? You do whatever you can to help them out, right? But why wait for something to go wrong to put that positive energy into it? Imagine what happens if everything is going well and you push someone to do more. A great teacher will always get more out of a student than a student will on their own because the teacher pushes them. It's the same with personal trainers, head chefs, managers or whatever. Are you getting your push from anyone? Who's pushing you to be your best self? Who's holding you accountable? Because you need as many as possible as often as possible. How do you turn your close five into cheerleaders? And FYI, your close five are the five people that you hang around with the most. The ones you spend the most of your time with and listen to. Obviously, your close five will help you when you're down or need advice or need to make a tough decision. That's a given. But we need them supercharged and pushing you forward for the rest of the time too. Have a think right now. Imagine a piece of paper with a line drawn down the middle. On one side, cheerleaders. The other side, cynics. I'd make you do a third column for haters, but like I said, let them get on with passing your name around and give them zero of your time or energy. Under your cheerleader side, think about everyone that you know that cheerleads you no matter what. The ones that have always got your back and always make you feel good when you hang out with them. These may not be your best friends though, so think hard and make sure that you pick the people that are best for you. Even if it's like a friend of a friend or an uncle or auntie that you hardly ever see, or some sexy mofo on a podcast. I'll just leave that hanging. Now, think of all the cynics in your life on the other side. For this to work effectively, I want you to think of as many people on each side as possible. Writing this down on actual paper really helps this exercise too, but I'm aware some of you are probably running or driving. Now, if the cynic side outweighs the cheerleader side, then we need to do some work. In fact, for every one cynic, you need about three cheerleaders to counteract their nagging, nausy, grey, wanky bullcrap. Most of you will have had more cynics than cheerleaders, but even if you had more cheerleaders than cynics, we still need to add a multiplier. For you guys with more cynics, here's the hard truth. This needs to change. Something to note is that when you start being crazy awesome all the time, and most of you will have noticed this already, others begin to follow. Interesting, huh? Anyways, you cynic heavy motherfuckers, let's sort you out. You must dump them cynics. Well, at least dump the time that you spend with them until you're where you need to be. And then you can do what you want with them. They're slowing you down. They're like rust on a car. You want to spend ages taking the rust off or you want to replace the car? Sometimes we want to spend ages taking the rust off. But for now, we're going to replace the car. You guys with more cheerleaders, well done. This would have been mostly a conscious effort. It's a great job. You did good. Now we need to 10 exit. So, whatever side of the table you're on, more cheerleaders or more cynics, we can apply the same little hack. 
We're going to hyperdrive our current cheerleaders by taking immediate action and we're going to topsy-turvy our cynics. Let's deal with the cynics first and get them the hell out of the way. How to deal with the cynics in your life by Lee James Bridges. Chapter one. Stop spending time with cynics. The end. Get it? Got it? Good. It's that simple. You're in control of your actions, right? So just stop giving them time. Don't listen to their crap. And if they bring it up and ask why you're not spending as much time with them, then make it very clear that you're starting a new life and you need to be surrounded with positive people. You don't have to be a dick about this. Just be real. If you're indeed changing your life for the better, you will have to hit this subject at some point and make a few changes anyway. Does not mean that you will lose your friends. Quite the opposite. But sometimes you've got to be selfish to move your life forward. All you need to do is start focusing your time on the important things. That's it. It's that simple. Just stop hanging around with idiots and make sure that you're not being a self-righteous cock muncher about any of it. As for the bad boy cheerleaders, we need to supercharge these people because they have the power to help make your life awesome beyond your wildest dreams. You need them and you need them in tippy top condition and they need the same from you. So immediate action, please, darlings. I want you to call, not text or email, all of the cheerleaders on your list. All of them. No excuses. Even if these are the people that you haven't spoken to in a long time, doesn't matter. If they made the cut, then give them a holler. If you don't have their phone number, then resort to however else you can reach them. But if you can call, you must. This will be a proper feel-good call for both of you. Why? Because people love being told that they've been helpful. And even more so, if you word it correctly and execute what you're saying with conviction and genuine love and meaning, you'll make this person's day, which in turn will make you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. They may even say similar back, who knows. More often than not, it will be stuff that you didn't even know that they thought about you. Maybe something cool you did a while back that they never found the opportunity to thank you for. And secondly, and this is great, they will cheer you on even more. They'll talk to others about your phone call and pass on how you're getting on. Win squared. Oh, ew, sorry, I didn't win squared. That's not the sort of thing I would write. Jesus Christ. Anyway, this is you working to increase your relationships with the best people in your life. And this is a great springboard too. The number of times that I've made calls like this and then later that day or week, I get a message or phone call or email fixing a problem that I may have mentioned on the call. Cheerlead this shit out of awesome people and see what happens. That's all for today, gang. I really hope that you got something out of it. Thanks for listening. Remember to share, review and subscribe. And if you ever get the chance, make sure you stroke a dolphin's belly. They're really soft. You can grab a copy of the book Do Shit, Get Shit Done from Scamazon and you can join the mailing list at leebridges.co.uk where I send out regular helpful treats. Thank you so much. In a bit. You've been listening to the Do Shit, Get Shit Done podcast with Lee Bridges. Don't forget to subscribe, share and review. And we also have a mailing list that offers regular life hacks and super helpful content. You can join it at leebridges.co.uk. See you next time.